0: Good morning, Metroplex. Sean and RJ here on 1053 the fan. Bobby Belt, RJ Choppy. We got Peyton Russell on the board. We have Ryan Katrera running the video. Happy President's Day.
1: Oh, yes. Happy President's Day.
0: Best Bremen. president right now. Le- yeah, yeah, let us know on the TruckRec.com. <laughs> text 877 881 1053. You already who know is the this already who is, who is <laughs> your favorite president? Who's your least favorite president? We'll read your answers on air uh, all day. And uh, maybe we'll do an entire segment on our least favorite presidents. What do you say, Chop? I I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good... I think this is, you know, no better time to do it than right now. But before, you know, we get into the who's your favorite, who's your least favorite president, since we'll be talking about that all morning, we do have to talk a little (laughs) bit. It's six. He, He... Gavin's not going to be up till 640. We're good. Stop it. <laughs> we do have to talk about uh, some of the NBA All-Star Weekend action, which we talked about a little bit, but I, I specifically wanted to touch on, because I know you had some thoughts on this. I've always had some strong opinions on this, uh, and it's, it's caused a divide, and that's this ongoing question of load management. The players are not doing back-to-backs anymore. You, you know, uh, just based off of, Rest, Like, like not injury, just, you know, standard rest. You have guys sometimes missing 15, 20 games a year uh, because they're, they're trying to, you know, manage the load. Like, the days of the Michael Finley averaging 42 minutes a game and playing every game for four years in a row, those are over. Yeah. That'll never happen again. And there's obviously two sides to the argument. There's the, come on, you're a professional athlete, played to play these games. You are paid to play 82 games. This is what fans expect. This is what fans pay for. This is what they come through for. And then there's the other angle of it, which says, do you want these stars to be in the league a long time? Do you want to preserve them? Give them the rest. I know that was one of the big arguments this weekend was from from the pro load management side is, look, if you want a LeBron to play... Into as long as it did. If you want more of these guys to play that long, you need to give them the rest. That extended Tim Duncan's career. It it extended Manu Ginobili's career. And this really, genuinely is probably Greg Popovich's fault. I feel like. Don't you feel like he's kind of the godfather of load management? I blame Pop for everything. So yeah, I think that that's fair. This became a hot topic at NBA All Star Weekend. Adam Sandler had Adam Adam Sandler Sandler did talk about this. Adam Silver had to address it. Uh, This is Cut Thirteen. Adam Silver at NBA All Star Game this weekend with his thoughts on load management.
2: Hesitate to weigh in on an issue as to whether players are playing enough because there is real medical data and scientific data about what's appropriate. And sometimes, to me, the premise of a question as to whether players are playing enough suggests that they should be playing more. That, in essence, we should there should be some notion of just get out there and play. And having been in the league for a long time, having spent time with a lot of um, some of our great legends, I don't necessarily think that's the case of what it, uh, the world we may that, may that we used to have where it was just get out there and play through injuries, for example. I, I don't think that's appropriate. Clearly, I mean, at the end of the day, these are human beings many of you talk to and know well who are often playing through enormous pain who um, are p- play through all kinds of um, you know, I, I, I hesitate to label them injuries, but but play through all kinds of aches and pains on a regular basis. And the suggestion I think that that these men, in the case in the NBA, somehow um, should just be out there more for its own sake, I, I don't buy into. I, like, look, he he sounds in complete
1: denial. Um, like, if if he says it's not being an NBA problem, like, what is it then? Because it's not an NFL problem. Well, and I mean, it's not even a major league baseball problem. They, they play 162 games in baseball. The players aren't the average NBA like superstar is going to miss 20 games,
0: right? Uh, the average yeah. M- MLB player is not missing 40. Mike Trout does because he always gets hurt. Honestly, you you say it's not an NFL problem. You could make the case it's more so an NFL problem than an NBA problem. The way they have these guys play like the Thursday games, three days rest, which there's a lot of medical arguments for. That's too many times to like basically get your head rocked. In, well, yeah, inside I mean, of the four NFL's days. not safe with it. No, and and that's the it's it's funny because they have two completely different notions where the NFL is probably the one that needs to look at we should probably get rid of these Thursday games. They never will because it's profits over everything, but they should probably get rid of the Thursday games. That would that would help. Them. I remember Chris Collinsworth, I was reading uh Mike Freeman's book on on the league and the concussion he problem. blocked me. I know he did. He blocks a lot of people, but his his book is good. And he had a story in there. He related a story that Chris Collinsworth had been talking to Robert Kraft, and they were having a nice conversation. And Robert Kraft had asked him something about, like, what do you think about the whole? You know, we're doing enough on the concussions, and yet this is about a decade ago. And Collinsworth apparently got started. Like, it went from a friendly conversation to a tense one where he started dropping f bombs and saying. You can't tell me you care about the concussion problem and still play these guys on Thursday. He's like, the Thursday games are ridiculous, Bob. And if you, like, actually wanted to do something, you'd get rid of those. The fact that you're not says you don't really care about it. And Kraft was kind of, like, taken aback. I was like, oh, my gosh, okay. Like, I, I thought we were going to have a-, a friendly conversation about this. I guess not. So, it's funny that they won't. But then on the NBA side, like, Silver's trying to do everything he can to, to justify it. And I get... It is a sport. I get it's physically taxing on you. Guys are obviously, they, they play the sport. They, you know, mess up their knees. They have ankle issues. Like, like they do have, like, you know, physical problems. Yeah. It is not as physically demanding a sport as football is. And well, especially
1: because, you know, the, the regular season, the, 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 they're not game planning the way they are in yeah. football game to game. They're not playing all the time lockdown defense. I mean, they're basically kind of going through the motions. It's a 70%... 60% level of, of like of, of defense that they're playing. Yeah. Compared to what they could play.
0: Look, I mean the the especially with how up tempo the game has become. Yeah, the cardio's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And and the, and the pounding your joints probably take from oh. all the all the you know running up and down the court. Yeah, it, it definitely does cause interest. But I don't think this is like some like, hey, we gotta we really gotta look out for the longevity of these careers if they were to play a back to back at home. Like we're not, we're, I don't. Yeah, get it. it's
1: it's th- like the amount of games you are playing isn't terrible, but comparing to other eras,
0: it is terrible.
1: It's a, solu- like, it's the, a the, solution. It's a solution without a problem. There, what do you mean? though? there
0: is a problem. No, in terms of like the load management is a solution to something that's not even a problem. Oh, I know. Yeah, like like most teams have played around sixty games this year, um, and if you go like the league stat
1: leaders. Most guys play between forty five and fifty. Now Tatum's played fifty five, so that's a high. But LeBron's played forty five games out of like 60, 61. So he's going to wind up missing 20 to 25 games this year. Just and, and, and how much of that is just sitting out? He's also been hurt a little bit. Yeah. So, hit, so for him, now he's older. So some of his are actual real injuries.
0: Yeah. 214, how are the greatest athletes with modern tech still need load management and still claim this is the best era? Uh, 469, but Trout is the best. Yeah, Trout is the best, and he's hurt. Like, He's hurt all the time. That's all that happens there. Uh, Adam Silver, with his thoughts, uh, I guess to, to 214 here. 214 asking, how are the greatest athletes with modern techs? They still need load management and claim this is the best era. The, this is Adam Silver's thoughts on what fans should think about load management.
2: Then there's the fan there's the fan aspect saying, all right, well, if that's going to be the case, that players are not going to be able to participate in a certain amount of games, what should the response be from the league and how should you be presenting your product? It's interesting because even given where we are now, I don't think the issue is quite what some suggest. I mean, our stars are not missing that many games for resting. I mean, we have injuries. I think we'd all agree that's a separate issue. But if sort of as a measure of single games missed, it's not that bad. But if we were, I think, to suggest that – that's going to be the case going that that is going to be the going the case look going forward i then look at the data and think all right well this year we're going to have we're going to likely break the all-time record for tickets sold we're likely going to have the all-time record for season ticket renewals so our fans aren't necessarily suggesting that they're that upset with the product that we're presenting you see the shift here
0: yep
1: so like baseball, always used to trump it like they're in a game attendance and they're they're when they're when they're when their TV ratings are dropping. And that's what Adam Silver's doing now. Their TV ratings are lowest that they've been. They're they're they're, ba- they're like below pre pandemic levels. Their regular season TV ratings. but ticket sales, baby. Um, cause and here's the other issue here's the other and this is another major issue is that the 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 the, the players know that the fans know that the players don't care about the regular season. Yes. and that's that—that's the issue.
0: The players that figure that out, and the fans know that. Yeah, we, we depe- know. depending on who you are, what team you are, yeah. yeah. Like, so, like I mean, obviously the teams that are scrounging for a play and they care. But. And this is what media
1: can't figure out because we're all old. Is that people don't watch sports anymore, other than football? They watch it. They watch condensed games on their phone the next day. People don't sit at home anymore and watch sports. They watch football. Nobody watches Major League Baseball. Nobody watches the NBA. Nobody watches college basketball. Nobody watches hockey. They go to the games or they catch them on YouTube the next day. Or they watch playoffs. Yes, they watch playoffs. That's it. But yeah. They watch playoffs. They absolutely do. Nobody watches regular season sports that isn't football anymore. Unless you're a diehard. Like and There's no casual the viewer. The diehard is less than 1% of your city.
0: Truckrec.com, Fantex214. If I spend several hundred on tickets and the star doesn't play, I should be able to get my money back. Uh, 940, hockey players don't take load management, and they play much more physical than basketball players. Uh, 254, Adam Sandler is... Adam Sandler, damn it, I keep doing that. Adam Silver is... uh, I think I can say this. Maybe not. You'll have to check me, Peyton. Adam Sandler, or damn it, Adam Silver just, just, uh, is a turd that needs to be flushed.
1: Whoa, <laughs> wow, that's, that's, that's graphic. That's just
0: what they said. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's just what they were saying. You don't have to read everything, Bobby. <laughs> that, that was just some opinion. I'm, I'm getting the, the fan text uh, out there. Uh, cut three here. Charles Barkley spoke this weekend about the load management issue and the discussion that had come from it. And as he's done recently, he was not pulling punches on it y'all baby these dudes so much today they don't want to play back-to-back games every time a fan says something they get them tossed if they're not happy they want to get traded i don't like it's going to come to a head in the next cba he's right it is a, it is
1: a kid gloves approach it feels like I, I, yeah i hate it i hate when when old old people talk
0: like that like, like barkley oh my ear is this but did he even say my era? He just said you're babying them, and he's like, I mean, well, he baby, yeah, he may but be I don't right. think I don't think he thought they were babying them 15 years ago. That wasn't his era. He hadn't turned the corner in to get off my lawn. You think he has got to get no, off my lawn, guy? Awful. I can't, you, I can't you, even watch him. You think he's come pick up I your think, boxes, I think guy?
1: Him and Shaq have just kind of gone down that road of let's just placate people my age. They both gone down that road.
0: Kyrie Irving. I, I don't think... I've, and he's probably weighed in on it before. It's just never been in my sphere of things that I'm paying attention to. Uh, but Kyrie Irving, after the All-Star game last night, a guy who played 29 minutes in the All-Star game, which was, you know, one of, one of the higher minute totals for, for some of the bigger-name stars. Uh, Kyrie Irving gave his thoughts on the load management question. I, I don't know who created the term load management or, you know, guys sitting out games or... You know This narrative
1: uh, that continues to play on about star players or guys not being available, I don't know who started the narrative, but it's completely run amok. I think it's dehumanized some of us in in terms of uh, just the way we prepare ourselves day to day. This is a 24-7 job. We have cameras on us all the time.
0: So from that perspective, it sounds like Kyrie's issue is normalized load management. It shouldn't have a name or anything like that. It should just be standard preparation cuz that sounded like his issue was more that people are critical of guys resting and that he believes it's dehumanizing well it's not dehumanizing to no. be upset that you're resting that's just that's crazy it's not dehumanizing at all look like for for what silver talked about right silver talked about how much money like like attendance is great right now okay well yeah. think about like the fan tech said Think about all that money that those people are spending that then they're not getting what they paid for.
1: It's the only, you know, sports is the only, uh, as, as it was brought up, like sports is the only service uh, that you purchase where you don't get the best every single night because of people being out. It's like going to a restaurant or, or a hotel and they're on a the skeleton crew every day.
0: Yeah. And that, would, that wouldn't fly. You'd get Sean Sharif, you know, yelling at, at airport Why Raiders. Why
1: are you taking so long? We're, we're, we're just
0: having a good time today, you and me, aren't we? Coming up next, should Cowboys fans be worried about what the Washington Commanders did this weekend? And are two big-name quarterbacks, well, a quarterback and a running back, are they on the move okay. from their teams? We'll talk about it next. Back here on Sean and RJ on 105 Through the Fan. Sean Treef out today. You got me, Bobby Belt, and RJ Choppy. Let's go around the NFL. Some storylines coming out of this weekend. First one leading off here. Should we be worried about what the Washington Commanders did over the weekend? They got a new offensive coordinator, RJ Choppy. Mm. One Eric Biennemi. The story from uh, ESPN: The Washington Commanders' no offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy can't bring quarterback Patrick Mahomes with him, but they would be happy if Bieniemy could replicate some of the offensive success the two shared with the Kansas City Chiefs. Brilliant opening line.
1: Just oh, it's a great line because it, it it completely it it is the entire story in that opening line. He can't bring Patrick Mahomes with him. End of story.
0: He was never going to. He's gotten some of these head coaching interviews, which by all accounts, some of the chatter you hear about it is to re- the reason why he hasn't gotten some of these jobs. He's just apparently not a great interview. That's one of Kellen Moore's problems or, or had been. I guess Kellen Moore interviewed better this offseason, prep better. The first two offseasons, he was considered a bad interview. Kellen Moore was.
1: Yeah. I, I, look, I hate the interview process. I hate interviews in general. I think they add so much bias to it. There's tons of studies out there. that just show that the more charming person looks better right. in the interview, and that's it's terrible. Uh, if, you're, if you're like, is it introvert? I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, then you probably do poorly in an interview, but you might be a better employee. It's like, okay. Yeah. So, so like, I hate interviews. I, so, w- I
0: would not even do them. So like it's president's day today. Let us know on the truck.com fan text, 877 Which president do you think most fits what choppy was describing? Where they were just, they were very, Charismatic, but they didn't necessarily. To anyway. Politics anyway, all day. Uh, <laughs> no, but like the,
1: you're like they they talked about that like
0: when when we're kidding. By the way, we're not really going to do those tests. No, but
1: they they no, but they actually talked about that during um when they first did the first TV debate. It was I think it was Kennedy Nixon.
0: And oh yeah, how they said if it was a radio debate, it wouldn't but because like it was TV and it was visual, people who watched it on radio or listened yeah. on radio
1: uh, said this person won, and they on on TV. The other guy did because the visually, the
0: polish and the,
1: uh-huh. the under so, under command, yeah, there's like that's there's your charm. So it's that's just part of it. that's part of the bias that gets added to it.
0: so uh, one of the issues, not just the interview process for Eric B is the question always comes up, well, like whose offense is it? is how much do you even how much are you responsible for that? can we take this as your resume? Or is this Andy Reid?
1: Well, listen, Andy Reid didn't work for twenty-five years as a head coach in the NFL to give his offense over to Eric Bieniemy three years ago.
0: Right, like that—that that didn't happen. Now, so, look, a lot of people will say they'll point to look, uh, Matt Nagy got a job doing the the same sort of thing where it and was, he failed miserably. Right, right, but in terms of, I think they look at that and go like, well, okay, well, so why is that a good excuse for Eric Bieniemy? Because it wasn't a good excuse for Matt Nagy. Um, but in general. I think this is a move Eric Bieniemy had to make if he if he wanted not necessarily to Washington but just get out of Kansas City if he wanted an opportunity to get a head coaching job because he's going to people are going to demand to see him do other things than just what he's done with Patrick Mahomes. And and really what else is there left? What what was there left in Kansas City for Eric Bieniemy? He he's won two Super Bowls there. He's kind of plateaued to the point in terms of public opinion where where people view what he's able to do and so he wasn't think, even interviewed he wasn't even up for any of the jobs this offseason no and he had been in the past but this offseason he was and so i i think it's it's smart you know they're they're reached a point you remember marvin lewis where there were like two three off seasons in a row that passed where people were like yeah but i mean like those players and stuff like like wh- wh- what's marvin lewis really doing and it was, there was a lot of chatter in the early 2000s about, like, why is he not getting a job? And that was the same sort of thing. You'd hear, well, he did not interview as well. People don't know how much credit he actually deserves for this and that. And ultimately, he ended up getting the Cincinnati job, stayed there for, what, 14 years, however long he was coaching in Cincinnati. He was, he was,
1: I, look, he was successful. I don't care what it says. He was a success
0: at Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, he, you, he took you, a perennial loser and made them into something. They
1: were competitive basically every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, with – uh, above average quarterback play. I don't think anybody's just sit there and say Carson Palmer and Andy Dalton were these, you know, they weren't, they weren't Patrick Mahomes. They were above average. Like Carson Palmer was like the 12th to 15th best quarterback in the league. Maybe a little bit higher some years.
0: This is, this is exactly the same, honestly, pretty close to the same question that Marvin Lewis faced. You had a coordinator that was in a spot, had a lot of success for five years. Uh, it was after the 2000 season when they won the Super Bowl. People were surprised Marvin Lewis didn't get a job. It was after 2001. People were surprised Marvin Lewis didn't get a job again. And so what he did was he jumped, he left the Baltimore job, and he went to Washington, and he became Washington's defensive coordinator just like is going to be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Spent a year there, got the Cincinnati job. Yeah. To so, me, Marvin
1: Lewis not getting a job was far more, you know, for five years was far more egregious, uh, egregious than Eric Bien-Ami. uh Defenses... You know, coaches' scheming is huge. And in on the offensive side, you know, it's the quarterback, man. Let's let's not Of course. It, it,
0: let's not sit there and and, and and mince words about that. The quarterback is probably eighty percent of it. Easily. I would maybe if, even more. If if you if you have an average quarterback, I think a good offensive coordinator can have more of an impact. I agree. But when you have an elite quarterback like Mahomes, just and let them do what they it do. It doesn't matter who your OC is. Yeah, it let, let Ben Denucci cook. Let yep. him let him get the ball to Josh Gordon any which way. Absolutely. He,
1: can. he does if, but you know, if he does well with Sam Howell, he's gonna get a job regardless. And he should. Uh, you know, he Like we Matt Nagy proved that anybody could run that system
0: in Kansas City. Is this is this the wrong job for him to take? Washington. I, I think any
1: job without a quarterback is the wrong job for him to take. For anybody to take, set up for failure. He's absolutely set up for failure. I would. I, if the Chargers were available. Now I know that you know he was still coaching at the time. Yep. So he couldn't take the job. And Staley had a relationship with Kellen Moore. Right. But that would have been a job. Okay. That if I was a if I was a uh, a coach, uh, I'm going there. I'm going to a place that's going to have a quarterback. Um, that's what I would want. Not a place that has Sam Howell.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a reasonable expectation now. Now, maybe he comes in here, like we said, a really good coordinator can make an average quarterback better. You can make them a better football mm-hmm. team. I think I think the Giants coaching staff did a good job to elevate Daniel Jones's performance. Not, not to all world levels, but I think they did a good job making him as effective as he could be. We all praised Kellen Moore, right, for how effective he made Cooper Rush's game. That, that yeah, he t- I think he Kellen t- did a
1: lot to help Cooper Rush. I think when Dak got back, it was a lot more on Dak.
0: Yes, that that's probably fair. That that's a good description of it. So, as we look at this, any concern about B enemy in the NFC East, just for the fact that it may be an unknown? I mean, you it's just, just taking don't know. a guy who sat with Andy Reid uh, and is his disciple and learned I, under him. I, I don't, mean, um, I don't
1: usually get worked up over the coach. Uh, I wasn't worried when Ron Rivera got there. Oh, he's going to change the culture. He's going to get rid of the ping pong tables. They still don't have a quarterback, man. That's they still don't have a quarterback. That's not, at the end of the day. It's all you. You have nothing if
0: you don't have one. Speaking of quarterbacks, where you may not have one in a couple different locations. First one here, uh, you sent us this story over the weekend. Mac Jones is—is is he on the outs? Is, is old McCorkle going? Well, it could—it could be the end for the Cookie Monster. Oh, no. He
1: loves himself some chocolate chip cookies every night. Uh, but they are open to exploring the Mac Jones trade options, according to Albert Breer, uh, saying uh, in his uh, Monday morning quarterback that he thinks they would. Uh, he doesn't he thinks they don't see a massive gap between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi, uh, which mm. we I, I loved hearing. I, we, I, we you were loved talking, Bailey. I loved myself. Some Bailey Zappi. Uh, also, that Bill does not appreciate some of the things, the way Mac handled stuff last year. Bill doesn't appreciate that. Uh, he thinks uh, a franchise quarterback should conduct himself more in a way of the way Tom Brady did, which, okay, great. I mean, you know, who else is Tom Brady out there? Uh, but- Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So they are considering, according to Albert Breer, and Breer has a ton of contacts within the Patriots. He used to worked with Boston for years. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if Albert Breer says something about the Patriots, I believe it,
0: that they're open at seeking a Mac Jones trade. Very interesting. It, it's funny how, like, we left from the rookie year. The opinion about him was like, man, this is the perfect New England quarterback. This is the perfect guy for Bill Belichick, too. We get another year down the road, and there were questions about, should Zappi come off the field when when he got in there on that yeah. uh, primetime game? There were questions about uh, Mac Jones's, like you mentioned there, kind of a, a reference there, the demeanor, the body language, um, how coachable he was. Look, I mean, this is the, the only thing to me is like, okay, but who's probably, who, who's more likely to be the problem in this scenario? Mac Jones, who spent his entire career with Saban and then Belichick and had no problems or maybe the uh, the headbutting comes from Matt Patricia, who got run out of Detroit and everybody apparently universally hated. Like, I feel like some of the tension that may have cropped up, there was more about Patricia than Mac Jones, but... I mean, Patriots going to do whatever the Patriots are going to do. This once again proves why, you know, Bella fraud or I don't know. i got to come up with no, a – I'm kidding. Yeah. No, he's one of the best coaches of all time. But this still proves, I think, without a doubt, like it was more Brady than Belichick. How things have played course out over was. the last couple years. Of course
1: it was. We also knew that Brady was going to win the, um, the early returns because he was going to go to a team and have more success than Bill was by bringing in bad quarterbacks and such. Um, and then, you know, Bill, to his credit – took a rookie quarterback to the playoffs. And then the next year uh, they went to one game away for the postseason. They had a win or go home
0: game. We are 15 days out from having some understanding on the future of Lamar Jackson with the Baltimore Ravens, which I like, I mean, people know, like I, I think Lamar Jackson is, is overrated. Uh, I I think he's, I think I think he's criminally underrated. Yeah. And then that's, that's fine. I just, I, I, I don't think of him as a franchise quarterback, but even having said that, I have said he's a weapon who can help stress defenses and he, he's better than the alternative of quarterback roulette or quarterback purgatory of like, I, you have no idea what might be out there. And it's, it's very rare that you can have somebody already in house that makes you comfortable enough to make the decision. Aaron Rodgers being there and you going like, oh yeah, this guy can be a franchise quarterback is not the norm. So no, I
1: mean like the norm, the, and, and let's be fair, like the 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 drop back passer is 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 dead man walking. Um, like they, they don't exist really anymore. Like like Trevor Lawrence not a drop back passer.
0: Yeah, look like I think I think the. Drop back statue passer is about as rare an elite skill set as Lamar Jackson's is. Like, yeah, if, if Tom Brady to and
1: Peyton Manning come along, great. You know, take him and sign him up. You can't be
0: stationary anymore.
1: But like those guys, it, it took just even even look at those two. And I know that, you know, Brady won Super Bowls early on and, 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 and Manning won, um, you know, you got the one seed early on in his career, second year they didn't really figure the game out and hit their stride to where there was like, they were on cruise control yeah. Till they were like 27, 28 years old. Right. Until there was a
0: six year to A leave. lot of times it's, it's a lot of times it's around age 30 quarterbacks really click and become who they are because it's a lot of typically the, the most important thing at the quarterback position for years has always been your arm arm strength does not go down as fast as, you know, speed and agility yeah. and stuff like that. So by the time you're 30, you've still got most of your arm strength. You've seen a lot of football. It's, it's the like, culmination of things kind of coming together of your IQ and your physical abilities are still really high and they mesh together at the right point. That's why early thirties, a lot of times are the most dominant ages for some of these quarterbacks. But the question of, will he get an extension on if he doesn't, then it becomes the question about the franchise tag. So he can get the exclusive or the non-exclusive. The exclusive would mean he's not able to negotiate with other teams. He'd play for the Ravens or nobody. His franchise tender would be based on the average of the five highest cap numbers for 2023. And this is per pro football talk. So that would mean $45.4 million cap number. The non-exclusive version, which would be a 32.4 number, would give Jackson the ability to talk to other teams that have first-round picks in the next two drafts and potentially work out a deal with them, and then the Ravens could either match or they could take two first-round picks. So when we talk about B enemy, the commanders give up two first-round picks. Are you more worried then if it's enemy and Lamar? Oh yeah. I, mean, I I think Lamar's
1: fantastic. Uh if if it's beanie on Lamar then I mean he's got something to work with. You can, assuming, assuming health. That's a big if. Um any quarterback that runs is going to put themselves in the, in the harm's way. Uh that's just a, that's just the nature and the reality that you have to live with when you have a quarterback that will move. And I I fully accept those those odds. I'll I'll take it. Uh but you give any you give Lamar Jackson any team in the NFC East, uh, my, my eyes perk up,
0: and I, I guess the the story they just hired Todd Monken, the the Georgia. highly praised Georgia offensive coordinator, yeah, but, which, but but there there's some concern that maybe that's a signal that they're not on great terms with Lamar Jackson. Well, they didn't they didn't they didn't ask him about it. Oh,
1: well, they didn't approach him at all. They, you know, they said they did this without uh, really getting um, into any kind of discussion with Lamar in the hiring process for the O.C. This is from you know, both CBS Sports. Uh, now, the Athletic says they did provide Jackson with opportunities to provide input, but he didn't have a strong say in the final decision. Hmm. So one says they didn't integrate him at all, and the other one says they gave him opportunities to talk, but he didn't really say anything of, of importance. Maybe he had no idea about Todd Monk, and maybe he didn't. Maybe he didn't know. Maybe he doesn't want to be there.
0: Some some semantics, perhaps. Yeah. So it's, we'll it's see. just yeah, it, it's a it's a source off, it's a source off, and they're source uh, off. they they I, I, I like the I like the hire of Todd Monkin. Oh, um, I did too. I, Better I, than Greg
1: I, Roman. I would have I would have I would not have hated if the Cowboys gave him a look. I mean, I think the 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 future of the NFL is always based in college. Defensively, offensively, it's always based in college because that's the players you get. Uh, the college offenses. Are facing, you know, defenses are smaller now. Yeah.
0: You've got safeties playing linebacker. Yeah. No, it, it's I. I mean, well, that's an interesting discussion we we might have later this week is the the cyclical nature of of offense and defense because had an interesting discussion about that uh, with some. What a college play now three three five. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I'm mean, like I mean it's it, you're right in the sense that you're you're building with those players and those schemes always eventually make their way up. Yeah. And so it makes sense. Coming up next, Tiger Woods apologized. Apologies. He apologized. But should he have? I don't think so. I think RJ Choppy doesn't believe so. And let us know what you guys are doing for President's Day. Thank you for hanging with us. 877-881-1053.
1: 877-881-1053. It's all about John Ross. Right now in the game of golf, five wins in his last nine starts.
0: And there it is. That was not a Tiger Woods highlight, by the way, after everybody got so excited heading into the weekend. Nope.
1: Well, well, Tiger's canceled right now for what he did.
0: Yeah. We're going to talk about that here in a sec. Uh, John Rahm returned to number one in the world Sunday by winning the Genesis Invitational. With a performance that left no doubt who's playing the best golf. That's the headline from ESPN. And I've told you guys at 7:20 today we're going to play. How young is Peyton Russell? Right now we might want to play. How dumb is Bobby Belt? You do that because I read that headline. And look, I'll be honest. I don't follow golf at all. I mean, I'm great at it, but I just don't follow it. Like um, he is great at it. I can confirm that. I mean, he sunk a, a
1: four foot putt the other day. That was not four. That, that was a good. Fantastic. That was a good seven. Just about fantastic. seven feet,
0: I just think. Amazing. Uh, I read this headline. I was talking to Chop during the break, and I said, uh, "I'll be honest, Chop. I have no idea who the f this is. I've never heard the name John Rom in my life." I I I, I looked to, I looked away. I looked away, Peyton. How I looked away. how like like give me a parallel to another sport? What I just said. I, I, it's probably the equivalent of saying that you've never heard of Josh Allen. That bad?
1: I mean. He's probably the most talented guy on the planet, or one of them. You know, if Tiger Woods, I, you know, there's not really a Patrick Mahomes um, in golf right now. The Tiger's are older, Phil's kind of older. Um, if you wanted to say he is the Mahomes of golf, that John Rahm is fine, I wouldn't go like that.
0: Is it like saying I never heard of Luka or somewhere in there or Jokic or something like that? No, he's, uh, he's no bigger name recognition than Jokic, maybe if you're, if what you're saying is right. Yeah, I mean, look, he, he's the, the, he's about on the level of
1: Jokic in terms of like how talented he is, like where he is in the in the in the grand scheme of his sport. Yeah, Rahm is is right there because I mean, guys like you know Scheffler really started last Wasn't year. Wasn't
0: he the mayor of Chicago, John Rahm? No, oh, somebody else. yeah, okay. Let's, Bobby. Up. You know Tony Finau though, right? I'm, I'm, no, I have no idea who that oh. is. Was that the uh, was that one of the like gangsters on the Sopranos? No, yeah. he's uh he's a golfer. I think his I think his cousin's Jabari Parker. All right, let's let's uh let me read the top ten world golf rankings. I'll tell you how many of these names I know. Scotty Scheffler. yes. I would not be if you showed me a picture of him, I would not be able to say that's Scotty he Scheffler. He looks he looks like Highland Park, and that's where he's from. I just know the name. Rory McElroy, yes, I know what Rory looks like. I know like I know Rory. I used to own Rory McElroy PGA tour golf on the PlayStation. All so right, right, there you go, man. John Rom. Nope. Cameron Smith. No idea who that is. Cam Smith left. So he's he, he's not even on the PJ where He went to the live. Patrick Cantley. Uh-huh. No idea who that is. Uh Xander Shaffeli, Shafiel? Whatever. Don't know who that is. Uh Justin Thomas. I only know him cuz he was uh wasn't he was the one holding the Tampax, right? That's who he gave it to. That's correct. That's yeah. the only reason why I know who That's that is. The only
1: reason you know Justin Thomas.
0: Yeah, Justin Thomas. He's he got a video game. Oh no no he was the uh, he was the oldest brother on uh, the Waltons right? No, Justin Thomas. Not the old, okay. Okay. Uh, he's Will Zalatoris. These are made up names now. Will uh, <laughs> you, you, University of Texas great. Oh hook him. I love you. Will uh, from
1: uh, I think he's from he's from somewhere around here.
0: Number nine. Colin Morikawa. No idea. Uh, and Matt Fitzpatrick. In fact, how. Much Fitz, further down the list, Matt do I have to get? Patrick,
1: uh, I think, won the U.S. Open last year. Uh, Colin Morikawa is is about to be like he's the
0: next thing. Here are the here are the names. He's already there, but he's the next. Here one. are the names and faces I know, like not just names because I know the name Scotty Scheffler. know I Tommy Fleetwood been, though. I have uh, no idea who that. That's like uh, uh, he dated Stevie Nicks, right? No, no, that was Lindsey Buckingham. Tommy's got, uh, Tommy's got Tommy was hair. yeah. Uh, uh, hair. Uh, Rory McIlroy, I know. Jordan Spieth I know, and now I scroll down the list, and how much further down do we have to get before I recognize a name? You know Dustin Johnson though, right? He won the Masters but of the Year. he's on the he's on the world rankings
1: cuz he does not live in the Live tour. But now. I don't know who that is anyway. You know who Dustin Johnson is? I promise is. you Stop I do. You
0: know Robert I pro- Patrick Reed. He's okay, trolling, so I know trolling. 3 of the Hang top. On. You I know, know Patrick of, Reed,
1: but not Dustin. I know Dustin three Johnson's of the top 6. I only to... I
0: only know Patrick Reed because somebody was like, this is what I imagine you'd be like if you golfed. And that, and so I, like I looked him up. D- DJ is married to Paulina. DJ Tanner. Paulina Gretzky. Dustin Johnson's married to Paulina. You know who Dustin Johnson is. I promise you. Let's look up a picture of him right now. I don't think I know who he is. It's like a caveman. Yeah, I wouldn't have no idea who that is. You know who that is. No clue. Anyway, uh, we we talked about Josh Allen as the parallel. There's a pretty cool clip. Somebody uh, texted us about it on the fan text and said they thought it was a cool clip from this weekend. Shout out to the 214 for giving us the heads up about this interaction that Josh Allen had meeting Tiger Woods and being pretty starstruck. How are you oh, yeah. Nice to meet you. Fine, buddy. Take care. Okay. you? Oh, okay, so thank you so much. Well, How are you doing, man? Good, good, good to meet
2: you, man. Yeah. How are you doing, good good to you, good. Are you
0: doing good today? Put on a good <laughs> tournament. <term. laughs> <laughs> good Yeah. All right. All right. Up, nice right. nice right. to meet you. All right, all right. sounds yeah. good. Thank all you. Fun. Fun. Thank, right. thank right. you so much. Appreciate you. Have a good
1: one. What did it mean to you to meet Tiger and be out here today at the tournament?
0: Um, I mean... Little starstruck, obviously. He's one of the only athletes ever. Him and uh, Kobe are the two guys that I actually felt my heart beat faster when you know he's standing over a putt for for a tournament. Like I legit felt the pressure with him, so that was pretty cool. Um, never forget it. Yeah, kind of speechless. That's pretty cool. I always do think it's cool whenever you see like big name athletes who get nervous or starstruck around other athletes. So that is a cool clip. I, I that always. Makes me and look, here's the thing. I just laid out for you guys how little I know about like watching golf or whatever. Tiger is one where like, like I always believe Tiger, Conor McGregor, like Floyd, like guys like these are the ones that they transcend their own sport. And and they have a fan base of their own that doesn't even reach into the sport. Where if Tiger's in it, like on a like I was telling Peyton, if Tiger would have like really been in it on Sunday, I probably would have turned it on and watched just as, and I don't even know what I'm looking at, like, but I would probably turn it on to watch because it's just it's theater, and oh my gosh, Tiger, he's big. This is like you know whenever I I want to see greatness, and so like when Connor, if Connor McGregor is is you know having a big fight, and it looks like oh my gosh, Connor's back, I'll tune in and watch that, even though I don't watch UFC, I don't follow boxing very closely. When Floyd's fighting, okay, I'll turn it on, I'll watch Floyd. And so, like, I think that Tiger still, even to this day, at forty-seven years old, is one well, who definitely a transcends it. He's definitely a draw. He's Fifty-five to one to win the Masters uh, in a couple
1: of weeks. I guess not a couple of weeks. That's two. It's like it's like more like several weeks. But he's fifty-five to one, uh, which I mean, that, that's that's good odds. But he ain't gonna win. I mean, that's he's he's not nearly in. Uh, no, this was a good, this was a good sign for him to make. He's cut, nowhere
0: yeah. in Xander Bogart's range. Or who was that Xander other guy? Shuffley. Yeah. Him. That guy's uh, just
1: too good. He, he, uh, he's, he's in a, I mean, you got to ask yourself, what kind of shape is he in? Uh, how's the leg? Four days. Masters is not an easy course to walk. There's a lot of Hills. Uh, it's going to, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt him.
0: Now we talked at the end of last week how and just kind of reference there. Like it was funny. He, uh, out drives, uh, Justin it's Thomas. It's Whatever. Uh it's, it's that's, that's not how we say it. Uh he he did that on the the old jungle as we refer to the golf course in the uh Ooh. the golf world. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh and he, he handed Justin Thomas a, a tampax. And it was funny. We laughed at it. It was like a, and and you said at the time, you're like, I'm surprised this hasn't become a bigger deal though, to like people like getting sensitive about it and criticizing Tiger for it. Apparently, there was enough of a criticism, though, that on Friday after the show ended, uh, Tiger Woods apologized.
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be, you know, all fun and games, but obviously it, it hasn't turned out that way. And if I had offended anybody, it was not the case. It was just uh, friends having, having fun. And uh, I said, if, if I offended anybody in any way, shape, or form, I'm sorry. Um, it was not intended to be that way. Uh, it was just, you know we play pranks on one another all the time, and uh, virally, I, I think this did not come across that way, but between us, it was, it was different.
0: I think that's why he played so poorly. Yeah,
1: it had to be. He, he ap- didn't play poorly, he, poorly at all. Uh, <laughs> he he
0: apologized. No, but after that, he played poorly. After the apology, post-apology, he played poorly. Yeah. The,
1: I, think, uh, yeah
0: he, I, I, I mean, what was it? He After an electrifying 4 under 67 in the third round, woods looked sluggish and tired in the final one I get it I mean he's got a, he's got a bum leg he's got a half a leg I'm just saying I think if he did, look, this is this is what I hate and I I come down on both sides of this you know you will get the the claim from people who go like cancel culture is not a real thing and then you have some people who say like cancel culture is a very real thing I like I come down somewhere in the middle where it's like there, there are definitely some people who like You have groups of people who have it out for somebody and then try to take them down and and enjoy that and will take them down. And then there's other times where it's like you're not canceled just because people don't want to consume what you do anymore because you've done something stupid. That's not cancel culture. That's the consumer deciding they don't want any part of that. So I fall down on that. But I do think this over criticism is like let them have fun. Like if the cameras don't catch it, what's the big deal? Like if the, yeah, I mean, don't that, catch him the doing that yeah. that's just between friends they're having fun. Like, you want to kill all fun?
1: Like to me I I I um I I get that what Tiger did it was completely like you know if he had given that uh, that tampon to a to a female golfer like it's completely yeah, inappropriate. Yeah, of course. Completely inappropriate. Um to me this is I've always, I've always felt this way. This is just comedic philosophy I have. Uh it's the joke is only meant if I'm doing it to you, a prank on you, it's only meant for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you hear it, just know it's not meant for you. But also, I hate the idea, and I never enjoyed, I never thought it was right to criticize someone's humor. Everyone's humor is different. You, yeah. like, taste buds are different. Humor is different. Something that's funny to you is not funny to somebody else. And you can't worry about everybody when you're making a joke. Otherwise, you just can't make any jokes. Um you just can't. Like some something that I find, like I, I make jokes at funerals. That's how I cope with loss. I see my dad. I make fun of my dad. That's how I deal with it. I joke that, about my mom. Right. So don't tell me what is and what isn't funny because what is and what isn't funny to me, I recognize is not going to be funny to other people. And one closing now, thing. Does Tiger have a greater responsibility because it's on camera? Sure. Absolutely does. Um, I can crack jokes in my car that I wouldn't say on here. Uh, But, like, you know, I just always found criticizing humor to be
0: uh, a pointless waste of time. I will uh, finish up this segment with a quote from Ricky Gervais, what he told Jerry Seinfeld and comedians in cars getting coffee. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Coming up next, headlines. We've got the NBA All-Star Game. Rangers have their first full workout at spring training today Is Jake. Is Jacob DeGrom going right to be there? in it? Uh, yeah, I'm trying here, man. Uh, we have, uh, we'll have, we give you the results of the Daytona 500 for those of you that are NASCAR fans. And next hour, we're going to do how young is Peyton Russell and get an update on RJ Choppy's neighborhood drama. That's next on The Fan.